0: the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CARA to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code Kara. Use code Kara for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code CARA. I am unwilling to give up We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started! Let's go! Let's go! Hi everyone, it's Kara Golden from the Kara Golden Show and I'm so thrilled to have my next guest here. We have Alexa van Tobel, who is the founder of a company that you may be familiar with, Learn best, but she is also the founder of an incredible, incredible new venture called Inspired Capital, which we're going to get into. As I mentioned, she is the founder of LearnVest, which was acquired by Northwestern Mutual in 2015. It is, I believe to date, one of the biggest fintech acquisitions of the decade. And she went on then to found Inspired Capital out of uh New York, and it's an early-stage VC firm, which uh, she is the managing partner of. And she's also a New York Times bestselling author of the books Financially Fearless and Financially Forward, such an incredible human being as well, uh, and fellow uh, female entrepreneur that I am so thrilled to have on our podcast today. So without further ado, welcome, Alexa. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thrilled to be here. Super excited to have you here. So, let's start a little bit at the beginning. I I listened to another interview where you said you were a nonconformist. I loved that, and I'd love to hear a little bit more about Alexa growing up. Like what did you think you were going to be doing? Did you think you were going to be an
1: entrepreneur? Did you think you were going to be a VC? Well, so a few things. I grew up I I was born in Kentucky, and um, I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. Um and I think from an early age, uh, it was it was you know I, I have always had a ton of energy. I've always been a builder. I've always been interested in building things. Um, I was one of these kids who just always was up to something. And it really took until I got into college um, when I really realized like I'm an entrepreneur. Um, that's that's what I am. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I would started organizations. I would started a tutoring organization, um, and I remember building businesses felt sort of natural for me, even before I knew how to define what I was doing. So at young age, um, the sort of things that like I actually said out loud I wanted to do, for example, in first grade, I told my librarian that I wanted to be the first female president of the country, which was uh, an interesting thing that I deeply remember saying. And you know, later, um, I was really interested in medicine. My whole family is in medicine. Everybody um, in my family, minus me, is a doctor or a nurse. And I was really interested in taking care of people. My name Alexa literally means helper of mankind. It's why Amazon picked it for the Alexa. And I think just the the sort of value orientation my parents gave me young was to take my God given talents and make the world better and help other people. And so I kind of knew I wanted to do something that helped people. And then when I realized I could actually do that with entrepreneurship, just like my lights went on in my head. If that makes sense. So. I think I always knew I was entrepreneurial. I just didn't know how to actually describe it. Um, And then, uh, you know, I said a lot of harebrained things as a child. (laughs) So
0: funny. Was there an entrepreneur that kind of inspired you early on to say
1: like, wow, that sounds so cool. I'm going to go and do that. I mean, I just remember at an early age, you know, other people were interested in like pop stars and athletes. And I always was really interested in business leaders. Like, who is the CEO of Hershey? And it just it was like an interesting way my brain worked where that's who I was fascinated by is people who are building big organizations and that's who I was fascinated by. So um, you know, there wasn't one entrepreneur that stood out. I will say I come from a very entrepreneurial family. Um, my dad was an entrepreneur. Um, his dad ran a lumber yard called the Bontoble Lumber Yard, which is like a Home Depot of Indiana. Um I have other people that have been very entrepreneurial in my family. My brother's an entrepreneur. So I don't know if there's something deep in that, but obviously the modeling, you know, I'd actually probably say that the entrepreneur that influenced me most was my dad, who was an entrepreneur. And I went to work with him every summer and saw him running his own business. And it just felt very comfortable to me to do this.
0: Well, you have an amazing journey. And obviously you founded um, a company called LearnVest. Do you want to? Just describe Learn Best, like what it was, like how did you decide uh that this was something that needed to be launched in the market?
1: Sure. So it was really simple. Um, LearnBest was think TurboTax for financial planning. So in under 60 seconds, it could build a financial plan for any American family in that in, in, in you know, of all income levels. So very importantly, it wasn't designed for the wealthy. Um, LearnBest had a huge mission, which was that. Financial planning should not be a luxury product. It should be something that's accessible to everybody. Um, so that's what we built. TurboTax for financial planning got acquired by North Russia Mutual. And my story of why I built it um, was really simple. I was Harvard undergrad, always had been very good at math, loved math growing up, um, really loved math, like nerdily, very uh, passionate, um, and realized pretty quickly that um, that I couldn't believe I was graduating from from undergrad with zero education in personal finance. And there I was, got a big job um, going to, to, to Wall Street. And I remember thinking, here I am like responsible and capable of helping make decisions with millions of dollars, yet I couldn't tell you what credit card I should have, what I could afford in rent practically. I didn't know how to think about what my means were. All these really
0: backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year.
1: And literally had no idea how to get educated on them outside of Googling them. And I just said, this is absurd. And so I was that passionate about going and building Best. And I'd also lost my dad when I was younger. And my mom overnight became a single mom with three kids. And I remember her having to think about our finances. And I remember being like, I'm always going to be good at my finances because I never want to have a moment where I don't fully have a command. Of how to be empowered in my own existence. And so that's sort of why I decided to start Learn mess And then I wrote two books on the category as well, that, uh, New York Times bestselling.
0: So was that your first like job?
1: I mean, did you have a job prior to actually starting the company? So I'd spent uh, time at Insight Venture Partners um, in venture, again, back to like that early thirst for loving to look at startups and companies. And then I, um, my 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 you know, I spent time at at Morgan Stanley, and then I um, helped build a company that got acquired by Facebook, and then I went back to Harvard Business School. So I had some other jobs, um, but I started learning best nights and weekends when I was 23, and so and then finally I, I actually was one of these kids who I had a job. I literally worked in my dad's office, um, his medical practice, uh, you know, literally 12, 13 um, every summer. So I I was one of these kids that like my parents took me to work and I had a job and I had chores. And so I I really worked my whole
0: life. Interesting. So uh, looking back on those early days at LearnVest, did you have any idea what you were doing? I mean, were there a lot of, you had this great idea and I always tell people that ideas obviously are so important. You want to find a solution. You think you have a solution and and you're going to start a company, but there's so many little things that come up along the way that you're just like, whoa, like I never thought I had to deal with uh, employee benefits, <laughs> you know, like things, things along the way that are really, really critical in building a, building a company. But did you feel like, you know, you ever had these walls up that you didn't know how you were going to ultimately be able to scale what you were doing? I mean, were there
1: challenges along the way that you just thought, oh my gosh, I just have to somehow get through this? I mean, I would say that everything felt hard and it's why I just have so much empathy for every entrepreneur. So I'll start by saying, I was completely green. I was brand new. I was trying to figure out, I'd never been a CEO. There I was, sort of first time founder at age 23. The business model was, we were sort of, I mean, FinTech wasn't a category, Kara, literally. Yeah. And when we went to go start building it, the word fintech had not been used. Um, and so I was nav- navigating a regulated environment. We had to become a registered investment advisor, so regulatory compliance from the get-go, and then figuring out our business model, which is, we had a really clear mission, which is let's let's give everybody in America who wants it, even if their income is $50,000, access to a world-class financial plan that you'll, you get when you are worth millions of dollars. That, that was the premise was simple, which is let's bring that quality down to everybody. And how we would make that profitable was probably a question. That was one of those things where we were like, how do we make this work? And quickly we started realizing we can charge for financial planning and we can make a margin. And um, so it we ended up figuring it out. Um, but I always tell people, one of the best things about LearnVest um, in the rear view mirror was that it was actually an incredibly complicated and hard business. So I look for businesses that are a lot easier than LearnBest. Um, you know, LearnBest turned out had a very successful exit. Um, it actually is now the core financial software for all of Northwestern Mutual, which is an incredible thing, and it's I'm so proud um, of how they're using the platform for millions and millions of families. But I ran a really hard business, so yeah. I, I always joke there wasn't ever a day where I was like, "God, this is easy." Yeah, never not once, and. So I, I always joke I earned every wrinkle I have um, because I just there was there were very few things that were not complicated.
0: Yeah, but on the other hand, if it was so easy, there probably would have been a lot of other people who had, who were doing it or uh, who had done it before. Uh, you decided to start this too, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I I know that you were definitely, I know how hard that business was. I mean, hence the company that I founded too, also incredibly hard. The front end looks like it's really easy. It's like water and fruit, but there's a lot in the process of actually making it that is very, very technologically, you know, a little bit more difficult. So I totally, totally understand that. So how did you get the word out about it here? You're launching a product what was kind of the first thing that you did to actually get the word out about Learnvest?
1: Well, so times were really different, um, Kara. This was uh, December eighteenth of two thousand eight is when I officially went full time for Learnvest. And you know, when we started the business, content email newsletters were a new thing. Um, there was a company called Daily Candy at the time that had you know um, millions of, of followers. And um, remember, social media didn't exist. There's like all these, you know, all these other things that didn't exist yet. Um, Facebook was relatively new. Um, and so we started with content. We started with building a following and an email newsletter that by the end had millions of people on it, um, where we could help people every day, learn a little bit more about their money and built a brand really organically with content. We actually focused the brand early on women, uh, because I was writing the content and I became a certified financial planner and passed all the tests and I said, if I'm going to do this, I got to do it all the way. Um, and from there, we started very quickly launching our products off this email newsletter. And then the newsletter became the way that we stayed in touch with people. And from there, then became a subscription service on our website and then made a mobile app, et cetera. But it all started from building a voice and a brand and a trusted place for people to manage their wallets. So interesting. Do you think that your business would be built if you were launching that business today? Do you think it'd be built the same way? No, I mean, I think if it would be built today, a few things would change. First, fintech is much easier to build. There's so many more infrastructure layers. There's so many things you can sit on. There's so many things you can integrate with, APIs you can use where we had to build so much ourselves. We had such it's heavy like- lifting. WordPress exists. You can sit on top of all these content players. Um, so... It'd be a lot cheaper to build, a lot easier. Um, the compliance and regulatory piece is so much clearer now. Um, you know, we were one of the first sort of early digital regulated entities, RIAs. Um, and I'll give you an example. Um, in compliance, like my book had to go through compliance. We were like, God, there's got to be an easier way. Like, how's the book have to go through? Yeah. Entire compliance arm, um, and the book was just the basics of money. So it, it just gives you a sense of no. So many things have gotten easier, which is now I run um, with my my co founders and partners, Inspired Capital, and we're an early stage venture fund uh, focused um, uh, on you know generalist categories here in New York. But with fintech being a big category, you know I love backing uh, companies in the fintech space today because just so many things are so much easier. Yeah. Much, much more simple.
0: So, although simple, but I would think that there's still regulations around it that are uh, more challenging than other categories, for sure. Yes.
1: It's still more challenging because it's
0: regulated, correct? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you are obviously a founder. You have uh, your company, Inspired Capital, where you're seeing a ton of ideas. When do you know... If a an idea should actually become a startup. And I'm sure you get lots of pitches. I've gotten lots of pitches myself where you're, you know, you think that it's not ready, right? In some way. But what what is it that makes you kind of think this is a great idea, but maybe it's not ready to actually become a company or whatever. What is that gleam that you see that you make those decisions based on?
1: Sure. We ask ourselves this all of the time, which is is this idea a concept, a feature, or a business? A long scaling, durable business. And at Inspired, we like to back long scaling durable businesses. And I think one of the things that um, you know, you can get confused by is wow, this is a really great idea. This is a really interesting feature. Um, that's very different than this is a really great idea. This is a really Um, unique and advantaged business that will create economic value Uh and that has a business model that long term accrues value to it. So, I'll give you an example. We like to back businesses that as they get bigger, they get better. Their advantage strengthens. That may be because they have a technical moat, that may be because they have an unfair data advantage. So, you know, you think about AI, open AI today, you know there's certain you build an early chat GTP, you get it out in the world more people use it the machine gets smarter the machine gets better and over time your data advantage gets better those are the sort of things that we like to think about and we really like to think about long term moats um and then finally you know we are at our at our core finance experts right that's what one of the you know one of the things we are extremely good at um, and so we also like to think about business models and Unit economics, and is this a company that over time the business model gets better? So those are things that should be businesses. Big, long-term, iconic businesses um, tend to have traits like that. Not all the time, by the way. That's like you know, there's always exceptions, but that gives you like a, a strong sense of of things that we look for.
0: Yeah, definitely. So you've hired a lot of people and built teams and scaled companies and sold them. And probably had to let some people go along the way, uh, which is always really tough um, to let people go. I think it's probably especially the first person that you've got to actually say you're fired or, you know, you're this isn't working out. Any suggestions sort of knowing what you know about going through that process of not only recruiting, but also, you know, figuring out that that's not going to help you to scale your company any further to keep that person on?
1: It was always really hard for me. Uh, In fact, I was with somebody that was on my management team for a decade, talking about this recently, and it was always really hard for me. At my core, um, I it never it got easier, but it never got better. Like I I had the words, I had the skill sets, I had the tools, I knew what to say, but I never actually felt better about it. um, Because every time I I was always so grateful anytime anyone joined. Our journey, or our platform, or our mission, and I was so grateful for the trust that they were ultimately putting in me being the leader. And anytime that that didn't work out, I—I um, I, those were the days where I didn't get good sleep. Um, so, it is a skill set though that every entrepreneur has to get good at. Yeah, definitely.
0: And I think what I've learned along the way, too, is that there's different stages of a company, too, and sadly, different skill sets in people that are needed along the way that I think people don't really talk about when, you know, they're starting to build a company or hire people that, you know, they may not, those people may not be there till the end because there's different things that really are needed for the company. So that was one thing that I really noticed along the way. So you're a builder, like I've said a few times, and a scaler, and you've launched a company from an idea to an acquisition, which is incredible. But building a team and continuing to have market fit, solve problems for consumers, uh, raise money, build boards, uh, you know, continue to have market fit, continue to build on the team. What are kind of the big landmines that you think are? out there for entrepreneurs when they're building? I mean, what? where do you see things head south um, for so many that, you know, whether they're friends or whether they're people that you've uh, read about or
1: um, people that you've invested in along the way? A few things. So first, I think the, the best founders have thought so deeply about their business that they are layer six, seven, eight deep in topics and really thinking about what they do. And I I always gravitate towards founders who have put that level of thought into what they're trying to do because once you turn the lights on and you start running, it's really unfun when you don't know what your product market fit is and, if, and you don't know where you're going or who your customer is. And so one, I, I like founders that tend to do a lot of that work up front. Incredible amounts of customer discovery, incredible amounts of... um market mapping, understanding their advantage and why it's a real advantage, et cetera. So it's part one. T- things tend to go south when, um, you know, I think some of the best founders truly take feedback in a pretty beautiful and powerful way and are constantly looking for people to give them tough feedback so they can keep iterating t- towards the right place. And I think sensitive founders, founders who, who, are very defensive, um, that's not helpful to being on that path. And so effectively, um, really great founders tend to have strong opinions, but are constantly pulling in data and information about how to get better. Um, this environment, um, I think one of the things that we've seen from founders is you need to be extremely agile. This is a dynamic environment. The market went from basically zero interest rate to you know significantly increasing interest rates in a short period of time which is the equivalent um from completely changing the floor of the environment you're in to black and white overnight and i think the best founders always keep one eye on the market and understanding what's happening around them so that they can have a good a good sense of burn uh uh what milestones are necessary so um places we often see people stumble is when they're not forward-thinking enough. They haven't done the legwork on where they really want to go three years out, five years out. Um, People who don't take enough feedback along the way to keep getting better. And then finally, um, we're in a dynamic environment. So very, very, very agile, strategically flexible entrepreneurs. That doesn't mean you're changing the plan every three months. It just means you're constantly taking that that micro-feedback from what's happening in the business into the budget and the KPIs and what you're trying to achieve.
0: Definitely. I've talked to a bunch of founders over the last uh, few months, and obviously you just touched on this, but it's it's challenging, right? It's challenging to go out and raise, especially uh, seed funds, you know, where you don't, maybe your company doesn't have a whole lot of traction quite yet. Any advice for people going out now
1: uh, looking to launch their idea? First of all, the internet is incredible. You can find out so much about everyone you're going to talk to and pitch to and companies they've invested in. Do your homework. I think it always comes off as extremely thoughtful when entrepreneurs know the partnership and what companies you've invested in, et cetera. So that's part one. Part two, figure out a way to get connected into those people the best way that you possibly can. And, you know, I'm from, as I said, I'm literally from Jacksonville, Florida, you know, navigating New York City and California venture funds when I was. 23, I knew nobody, um, but constantly figuring out who can make an intro, who can help you out and like trying to do your best job and LinkedIn exists. So use it. Um, I think founders who come in humble and thoughtful are wonderful. And, you know, I think there was a big moment of hype, Kara, in the last few years where it was like, I've got term sheets and I'm moving and things are happening. I think just hype doesn't work. You know, your wow. best investors are just absolutely interested in substance, real businesses, founders who it's their life's work and want to come build for 10, 15 years, just like, you know, hints been your life's work, Kara. And I think entrepreneurs, and uh, you know, keep your feet on the ground. Um, one motto I have is that there's just no shortcuts in life. Um, when it comes to building an epically unique business, Every day matters, and every day is a day of hard work. Um, and I, I, I look for founders to kind of really do up their feet on, on the ground in that capacity. Absolutely. Well, one last question. So, best advice you've ever received, Kara? I've received so much good advice. I'm trying to think about one, but you know, I think you know, so much of my success has been the success of just so many people, dozens of people who've helped me from my family, my brothers, my mom. Uh, My mentors and everybody has given me advice. It's made my life better. Um, I'll give you two just quick things that I love, which has been the world zigzag. When the world runs one place, run run the other. Um, Don't follow the pack. Uh, And a second piece of advice, and this is probably the advice I wish I gave my younger self. I I finally started adopting this in my 20s. But you got to live your life for yourself. And you can't care about what everybody else thinks. And the sooner you can get good at that, the better you're going to be. Because the only voice that should be in your head are people that you love, the people that love you back. Um, and the the more you can not care about what other people think, the better your life's going to be. Um, and I think that if you're going to do something bold and big, a lot of people are going to not agree with you. And you have to be okay with that. And so... I actually think being contrarian and, and and standing up on my own two feet and ignoring the noise around me has become one of my best skill sets. Um but it I wish I had it when I was 17 and 16 um it would have I it would have gone and, and served me better. Um so that's my one piece of advice.
0: Yeah, the longer your journey, I think definitely you look back and you think gosh, I wish I would have had this uh confidence, uh this knowledge I th- for sure and and um, and definitely knew what you knew today back then. So I love that. So Alexa, thank you so much uh, for coming on. We're going to have all of the info on you and also Inspired Capital in the show notes, but I appreciate you and appreciate you sharing all of your Lessons and and journey along the way. And thanks everybody for listening. Thanks so much, Kara. You're amazing. I appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to the Kara Golden Show. If you would please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey, including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks everyone for listening. Have a great rest of the week and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders,